The initial 53-man roster is out, so let's break it down on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on 3 one 2 three. You, liked it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun, and let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, whether it is any app where you would listen to a podcast like SiriusXM. Uh, you can also find this show on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download, download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today on the show, we are sponsored by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, we have a 53-man roster. Uh, whether you predicted it right or not, <laughs> and I, I will say I had some ups and downs on this one. Uh, <laughs> the Vikings announced their initial cutdown day roster. It's subject to some change, I think. It kind of always is the way that roster rules work now. There's always a couple of random things that sort of trickle in, and by the time you actually get to week one, it's still a little different. We'll get to all of that. But first, let's just go over who made the team, who didn't, and the situations that uh, surprised me and some of the situations that didn't. We'll just go down the roster. Sound good? Um, quarterback, not many surprises here. I think most people had, uh, cousins, Mullins and Hall all making it. Uh, so they kept all three quarterbacks. Kevin O'Connell already kind of tipped the hand there, but I think if you really keenly watch that Arizona game, you can see a lot to like in Jaron Hall, uh, certainly enough to, you know, be on a roster. And as we barrel toward the 2024 who will be the quarterback question enough for him to at least throw his name in the hat and get an opportunity to compete maybe it's not a real opportunity to compete but nevertheless an opportunity to come back and compete more great stuff uh in terms of the running backs i i kind of for all of camp had just assumed that the vikings would use the same running back numbers that they used last year but they aren't doing that right now Madison and Wong Wu and Ty Chandler are all on the initial 53. Dwayne McBride is out. Um, I thought he'd make the team. He didn't. Uh, looking at the tape, I kind of see it. Um, looking at the tape from the Arizona game, he, he did have this thing where he would keep pressing it way too far. And what I mean by that is he would run too deep, sometimes even hitting the back of the offensive line, like literally running into guys. Um, and it would just take him too long to move from the gap he was making look like he was going to go into to the gap he actually went into. That's what pressing it means. Um, and pressing it's a good thing, but if you go that deep to the point where you have to jump cut across, you lose all your momentum and now you can't burst through the hole properly. So it's this sort of, he, he was kind of running him, painting himself into a corner, running himself into a bad situation um, that just is going to need a little bit of work, you know? Um, he's absolutely a practice squad candidate if assuming he doesn't get poached or whatever. Um, so we'll kind of put him on ice and see what we have in him next year. Not unlike, you know, Ty Chandler, uh, who gets that running back two job. I believe in the, uh, initial post on Vikings.com, 
it lists Wang Wu above Chandler. I don't think there's any significance to that, but if it turns out that there is, well, there, there you have it. Uh, CJ Ham on the roster. I think everybody pretty much had that. In terms of receivers, they keep all six of the main receivers. I, I saw a lot of hot takes about the receivers that none of which I really thought were particularly um, persuasive, but your 53-man roster includes Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, Jalen Naylor, who is you know, kind of back and healthy just in time, and uh, Brandon Powell and Jalen Rager. Powell not playing in that Arizona game was kind of your uh, your hint to that. Jalen Rager is an interesting case, as the Vikings apparently are fielding calls. There has been interest in trading for Jalen Rager. What kind of package that is is an interesting thing, but as the week goes on, that could be something to watch. Rager's on the initial 53. I'm not sure he'll actually be a Viking come week one, and maybe he will be a Viking come week one. All I know is that there are conversations happening. That's the report. Um, but that's six wide receivers, which is interesting for the um, you know 12 slash 21 personnel, Kyle Shanahan stuff the Vikings have been working on all offseason. Um, but there are other guys, you know, Lucky Jackson, Tristan Jackson, Thayer Thomas. I, I can think of at least one pundit that like, you know, really, really pushed for those guys to make the roster. I personally didn't see it for one reason or another. Um, so I guess I'll take that because I got it wrong on the tight ends. I uh, cut Nick Muse. He made the team. I, I think in hindsight, I should have had the courage to cut Dwayne McBride and keep Nick Muse. I think looking back at it now with the benefit of hindsight, maybe it's just really easy. But looking back at it, it's like, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Um, just in terms, I you know, Muse outplaying Dwayne McBride. Maybe it's just confirmation, hindsight bias or whatever, but it does make sense to me. And then, of course, Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, and Johnny Munt. Those guys have been pretty much penned in for a while. Um, but Nick Muse making the roster very much a player 53 type of guy, and I think he had to have a pretty good game against Arizona, and I think he did. Um, I think the mistakes he made versus Tennessee, obviously they're not the ones uh, defining him, and so good for him. And he becomes the fourth tight end on the team. Now, what he does on special teams is going to determine whether or not he's actually suiting up on game day. You do not need more than three tight ends. There's no there's no four tight end sets that I know about. And if they are, it's like some crazy goal line package. But hey, now you're no longer, you know, one injury away from having to drop any jumbo package, 13 personnel stuff. And you got a little more depth if you're going to play two tight ends a lot, right? Um, I, I think beyond that, though, beyond just the numbers game of it, it's okay. Yeah, Nick Muse played well enough to earn a spot over somebody like McBride or Luigi Villan, who got cut. Uh, but we'll get to the defense in a bit. Uh, offensive line wise, here's the interesting thing. They're keeping eight. So they traded away Vidarian low. I think everybody kind of had them keeping nine. And it's the eight that they kept, which is Darisaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, Ingram, O'Neal, your, your starting five, Austin Schlopman, Blake Brandell, Oli Udo, and then Vidarian Lowe. And then Vidarian Lowe gets traded. You kind of thought, okay, well, maybe they'll um, bring somebody in to replace him. Eight offensive linemen is a low number of offensive linemen. Uh, usually nine or ten is, is like the typical number. So rolling in with eight is low. That's not the craziest thing in the world. Sometimes numbers are low. Sometimes numbers are high. Um, they've rolled in with 10 before. They've. I'm pretty sure they've rolled in with eight before, and it's been fine, right? But I wouldn't be surprised if there were a new face coming in. Uh, perhaps the Kene Wangwu IR thing that I talked about on yesterday's show, which if you missed it, um, if you need to put Kene Wangwu on IR because he's still hurt, 
uh, you process that tomorrow. So if he gets placed on, he has to be on the 53 man roster for a day for him to go on the kind of IR where he can come back later in the season, which is he has to be out three weeks. Uh, if he goes on IR right now, if he goes on IR at the end of camp, but not like if he goes on IR before cutdown day, he's on season ending IR. This is where like Malik, Malik Knowles is, right? He was waved injured and that's it. He's on IR and it's over. Um, the season is done or, you know, for guys that like tear their ACLs in camp and it's a season ending injury, you get your roster spot back in camp. But if you want to avoid exposing Kenny Wangwu to waivers, but you still want to use his roster spot for somebody else while he's hurt, you have to put him on your initial 53 man roster. And then the next opportunity you get to do a transaction, which is the next day, then you can put him on IR. And at that point, you also have waiver claims processing. So look around the league. I don't know any names. A lot of people ask me, I'll say, what are your favorite waiver claim guys? I I have not paid enough attention to other teams around the league to really have a great answer for you there. So I apologize for that. But uh, I'm looking for running backs, possibly, especially if Kenny Wong was hurt. They're not going to want to have only two running backs and Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison on their roster. Um, I'm looking at guards. And in particular, guards with positional flexibility that could maybe come in. Those are the two Uh, And and I'm also looking potentially at cornerbacks, which again, we will get to what they did at cornerback, which is interesting for a couple of different reasons. Also in this world, there's Chris Reed, who is on NFI reserve now. He has to miss the first four weeks of the season, I believe is what it is. Um, That is sort of works like the physically unable to perform list, but it's for non-football injuries, things that happened on Chris Reed's own time. Could have been a football workout, could have been skateboarding. We don't actually know the nature of his injury at all, but he does not count toward the roster right now, but he's still in the building, in the organization under contract for the Vikings. Um, that's the offense. We'll go to the defense, but I mean, yeah, I I think there are a couple of things that really shocked me and a couple of things that I I would have been shocked by, but that were suggested a lot that didn't end up coming to fruition. Um, the defense I think is where things get a lot more interesting in a, in a very fun way. And if you want to play the, the roster construction game, uh, but if you at home are playing the roster construction game, which is kind of what you do when you hire, try out LinkedIn Jobs. How about that segue, baby? We're killing it. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is fall hiring season. This is a big hiring season. And you're going to be dealing with a gigantic pile of resumes that can be impossible to go through. So use LinkedIn's tools. They're screening questions and whatnot to help narrow down that pool. LinkedIn will help you find somebody that is right for your company's needs and that particular position. Not every company is made the same and values the same things and not every applicant values the same thing. So LinkedIn can really help you find somebody that is an actual fit the first time around. Because if you mess up the hire and you have to go back through it, any hiring manager can tell you just how expensive that is. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, if you want more Vikings content, something a little more visual, why don't you go check out patreon.com slash LukeBronNFL. There, there are two Jaron Hall posts out there now. I did one on the Tennessee game and on the Arizona game because I just liked doing the quarterback thing. 
Um, the one for the Tennessee game is now open to the public. So you can go watch that one. You don't have to join or anything or anything. I would, of course, appreciate it. And if you do join, you can also watch one on the Arizona game, which is currently only for patrons. It's less than five bucks a month. You can do it for one month and you can stop if you just want to, you know, drop about four dollars and watch the one video. I would absolutely take that, too. Um, or if you just want to, you know, support me in a in a more direct way. Anyways, moving on with the roster cuts. Uh, let's move on to the defense. We'll start with the defensive line, which is where I think I did pretty poorly predicting this. I had weird, like, what if they trade a D lineman? Because there were kind of 11 guys that I thought were worth keeping on the defensive line. One of them was Sheldon Day. I probably just overreacted to his preseason. Um, I thought he had a really, really great preseason. Obviously, the Vikings didn't think it was enough, and that's all right. There was just some distance there. Uh, I also thought Luigi Villan played well enough to make the team. I was, again, wrong about that. Um, so on the initial interior defensive line, Dean Lowry, Harrison Phillips, Kyrie's Tonga, Jonathan Buller, Jaquelin Roy. Kind of thought they would keep six, uh, and Sheldon Day was the sixth there for me, and then I ended up having to make room, so I decided, oh, well, like, trade Jonathan Bullard as kind of a coward's way out of not actually picking someone to cut, but saying, well, maybe we could get some value for him. Um, they just ended up going with five, not keeping Sheldon Day. Maybe one of the more notable, cu- or a couple of the more notable cuts here are Asesio Tomoe and Ross Blacklock. We'll see what ends up on, who ends up on the practice squad or whatever, which will be a thing that we deal with today on Wednesday as you listen to this. Um, and also TJ Smith, all of those guys could have been on the roster. But like I said, you kind of predicted that you would be cutting three or four guys that are rosterable. Um, like that was, I mean, that's not even a prediction. That was a necessity that had to happen. Uh, Otomawa was interesting. He is the first Quasi draft pick to get cut. And then Dwayne McBride, McBride got cut uh, shortly thereafter. Because um, I don't think Nick Muse got cut. I think he stayed on the roster for the whole season last year. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Either way, Ross Blacklock's also an interesting one, right? They trade like a seventh round pick for him and then he ends up getting cut the next year. But if you think about it, like a seventh round rookie making the team one year, then not making it the next year is like kind of par for the course anyways. At outside linebacker, aka edge rusher, we have Daniil Hunter and Marcus Davenport, of course. We have DJ Wanham, Pat Jones, and then I thought it would be Luigi Villan. It ended up being Andre Carter. This is very much the stash that I did not think would happen. Um, they gave him all of that guaranteed money as a as a an undrafted guy, like the most guaranteed money an undrafted free agent rookie has ever gotten. And I kind of thought that people were overreacting to that. It was just $300,000 keeping him on the roster. Um, so it, he now is making, I think double that, uh, in terms of actual salary that he makes because he's on the roster. He only had 300,000 of that guaranteed, but his actual contract, uh, has to go up above a certain amount. So I think he's making like double that in terms of cap hit now. And he's probably not going to be active on game days. He certainly doesn't play special teams. He's absolutely not ready for anything remotely close to in-game action. I mean, if you get injuries to other edge rushers and you end up having to elevate guys, we're bringing Benton Whitley off the practice squad before we're, we're touching this dude, right? So they must have been really worried that he was going to get poached by somebody else and they didn't feel comfortable exposing him to waivers. Now, a few things can happen here. One of the things that can happen is nothing. They could just say, all right, now you're on the team and we're just going to kind of stash you all year. That happens with guys sometimes. Um, There's also a world where they try to get him on the practice squad, but they're not doing it on cutdown day. They're going to try to sneak him in on a random Tuesday week too after a guy gets injured and, you know, then they'll maybe 
they got a guy that, you know, sprains his ankle, going to be out two weeks. They need somebody to come up from the practice squad to replace that person. They don't want to cut that person or put him on IR to make the roster spot. So they'll bump down Andre Carter. And maybe it's easier to get away with that in, you know, the middle of the season rather than on cut down day. Because obviously the reason that they gave Andre Carter that much money in undrafted free agency is because there was a big bidding war, right? You don't do that if you don't have to. Um, So obviously there's some really intense suitors and they maybe don't feel like they can sneak him past. They can try to sneak him past another time. That can totally happen. And hey, maybe there's a world where I just like have severely misevaluated him and he actually comes in and plays. But personally, I doubt it. I think he's just a stash. I think he's just not ready to play in the NFL right now, and he is eating up a roster spot. I kind of disagree with that. Um, I, I think if somebody else, I mean, this is what I've been saying all offseason. If the Miami Dolphins or whoever it is want to take that guy, put him in their weight room, spend three years of their time on him, and then they eventually get a dude that's like a rotational edge rusher, I think that I'm okay with like exposing myself to that risk. Uh, if it means I don't have to expose myself to the risk of, say, losing Luigi Villan, who I think played pretty well this preseason and is now exposed to waivers. I would much rather expose the project that won't be anything real for years than I would to a rotational player that actually can contribute to me right now. Um, and I don't really see the potential of Andre Carter being this like sky-high thing like a lot of people did during draft season. Anyways, uh, that's where I'm at with the, with the edge rushers. Um, the actual inside linebackers, no surprises there. Jordan Hicks, Asamoah, Troy Dye, Ivan Pace. Uh, then we get to cornerback and safety, the, uh, defensive back room. Absolutely fascinating. So the cornerbacks initially are Byron Murphy, Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth, Makai Blackman, and Najee Thompson. I had that group plus Joe Williams. Um, Najee Thompson obviously is, is one of the biggest stories of cut down day in that he made the team on special teams. Um, he's not going to play from scrimmage though. It is nonetheless a very cool story of a guy. I mean, he, he told this story on locked on Vikings when he first joined and I, and I did the interview with him in that he kind of realized that nobody took special teams seriously, that people didn't study special teams and they kind of, it was an afterthought for a lot of people. And he realized he'd have an edge if he really attacked it. And that has carried him now all the way to the big leagues on a 53 man roster. And guess what? He's suiting up on game days. Guys like, you know, Andre Carter, guys like possibly Nick Muse, um, or somebody in the safety room, like Theo Jackson or Jay Ward or whatever. Those guys are not suiting up on game days, Najee Thompson is. So good for him, unbelievably happy for him. But he ain't playing cornerback. So if we want to talk about actual cornerbacks that will play corner, we have four of them under contract right now. <laughs> Byron Murphy, Caleb Evans, Makai Blackman, and then we have one backup in Andrew Booth. And that backup, people thought, maybe wasn't going to make the team this year. So I uh, think it's safe to anticipate some corner help coming in the near-ish future. They did cut other guys. Um, the, the big surprise cut that a lot of people had, I had and I got wrong, was Joan Williams. I thought he played well enough to play in the preseason. The Vikings must disagree. Um, I don't think that the margin for that needs to be very high. Like, I wasn't exactly, like, slamming that one down or anything. I thought so, but not with that much certainty, so I get it. Um, and then you also, you know, you lose guys like Jalen Williams, Tay Gowan, Kalon Barnes, who played those depth positions. We'll see which one of those ends up on the practice squad. And then for safeties, they kept all six of them, baby. Uh, they talked about this after the preseason game in Arizona. I kind of thought it was a bluff, so I didn't put it in my prediction. It, it wasn't. 
Um, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Josh Metellus, Lewis Seen, Jay Ward, Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson's probably the biggest roster surprise for me uh, entirely, which is crazy because we have three undrafted rookies on the team right now uh, from Andre Carter to Ivan Pace to Najee Thompson. Three undrafted rookies on the team, all of which um, were popular predictions, right? Uh, like, the, I, I was surprised by Andre Carter, but I was kind of in the minority there. Um, but Theo Jackson is, I think, the biggest surprise for me. I didn't really see much from him in the preseason. So I this is the one that I, do, I don't really get. And I'm not saying that in a way of like, I don't get it. They must be stupid. I genuinely just, I didn't really watch him that close. And so there must be something going on that I haven't seen. And so I, I apologize. I can't really bring you that insight. Um, I'm sure there is something, though, um, with these six safeties. But it's also like you don't need six safeties. Now, here's the thing. They have 11 defensive backs, so they are light on cornerback. Jay Ward also plays corner, so maybe he is also a backup corner. Maybe they don't need to bring in a guy, right? But I think maybe the more interesting question here will be who ends up actually on the roster week one and who dresses for week one. And that's probably a special teams question. Does Lewis Seen play special teams after he got hurt so bad on special teams? Do we put Jay Ward back there? Do we put Theo Jackson on that? Or is Theo Jackson just a healthy scratch that's there as, a, as extra depth? Um, with Flores's defense and the way that he deploys defensive backs in nickel and dime packages, having extra bodies does make sense. 11 defensive backs in total. And it's just weirdly a, like more safeties and less cornerbacks. Um, so making sense of that to me, I feel like I'm not ready to attack that question yet. I want to see how it actually gets deployed in a game. And then maybe this roster thing will make sense to me. Uh, or maybe it won't. And then we can criticize it accordingly. So the next thing is, okay, what happens now? Because this is the initial 53-man roster, but it's not the final one, and it's not the roster that we're going to see come week one. I'd, I'd, I'd bet the farm on, on that there will be some other sort of acquisition or uh, departure or something. So what happens next is the next part of this episode of Locked on Vikings. Moving right along with the Locked on Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let me just riff real quick on what happens now. Um, so a whole bunch of things can go down, right? Guys can go on IR or um, otherwise be ousted from the roster. This is where we can start to get interesting uh, little roster shenanigans is what I, I tend to call them. And and this sort of stuff will now happen throughout the season to the point where it won't even really be newsworthy and I won't might not even mention it. I think the, the example that always comes to my mind is Jack Tocho a few years ago when he made the team original initially and then he got waived a week later and then he got brought back and then he got waived. And what Rick Spielman, who was GM at the time, was doing was essentially saying, OK, you're we, we want you to be the 54th guy on the roster. So when we have room because someone's hurt, someone's on IR, someone is, you know, some somewhere else, whatever. When we have room, we'll put you on the roster and then we're going to cut you and put you on the practice squad when we want someone else there. But we want you here and we want you, you know, doing stuff on special teams and all that. So you're a Viking, but but we're going to be doing roster transactions with you all the time. Uh, just don't worry about it and show up to the building every day. You'll be on either on the practice squad or the real team. Doesn't matter. Um, that is the kind of roster shenanigan where, like, let's say you have two players and you want to keep them both. And every week you cut one and sign the other and then you cut one and sign the other and then you cut the other and sign the one like 
then you can sort of have 54 players unofficially. The only problem is you're exposing those both of those guys to waivers all the time and they can be poached, but they're both only exposed to other teams poaching them half the time, right? So you reduce that chance. A team is going to, if you cut Nick Muse, say, to make roster room to bring somebody else on the practice squad that you need because of an injury. Let's say they do that. And if you want to do that and cut Nick Muse and bring him back every other week, uh, this is an extreme version of the roster shenanigan. And let's say there's a team that has its tight end get hurt and would poach Nick Muse. If that happens on a week where Nick Muse is on the active roster instead of the practice squad, they'll look elsewhere, right? So you sort of reduce the chances of someone getting poached by doing these sort of roster shenanigans and, you know, bringing elevating guys and demoting guys over and over. And plus, you now have also practice squad active game day stuff. So for somebody like, let's say, Luigi Villan or Dwayne McBride, um, assuming they do end up on the Vikings practice squad, they don't get poached by somebody else, they might suit up for game day. We just can do that now for, I think it's three weeks per guy. Um, now we can just do that. And so that guy can still kind of functionally be a part of the Vikings, even though they're not on the active 53 and they're only on the practice squad. That line's a little blurrier than it used to be. Um, so here's what I think happens. I think, I, I mean, we're keeping an eye on the Jalen Rager trade situation, right? People are calling the Vikings. We'll see if they have any interest in actually dealing him away. And if they are going to try to deal him away, maybe they get a player in return. Maybe they trade Jalen Rager for a depth guard. Um, and don't get your hopes up too high for a guard, by the way. Like, you're, we're not getting somebody that replaces Ezra Cleveland or Ed Ingram. If they wanted to replace Ezra Cle- Cleveland or Ed Ingram, they had since February to figure that out. They could have done something way more serious. They're not just going to, like, randomly trade for a guy at cutdown day and be like, ha-ha, we found our starter, here it is. It's not free agency season anymore. So we're talking about a depth guard. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, Vladimir Dukas-sized guys sized signings or, or trades or whatever. But that, and that's what you could get with a Jalen Rager thing. Hey, you take a a depth wide out. We'll take a depth guard from you. Um, so that could be the way it goes. I'm still kind of watching to see if Kenny Wong ends up on IR, uh, or if he's actually going to suit up and be ready for week one, in which case that's awesome. Uh, great. Now we've, that, that problem's kind of solved and we three running backs is enough. And I don't know if, if a a free agent isn't, is actually necessary, but I am kind of watching for free agent running backs. I know Darren Wilson has reported that that's a thing to watch. Possibly. I don't know if he was like saying sources tell me they're looking at running backs or if he's just looking at the depth chart going, Hmm, they've only got two healthy running backs right now on the roster. That something might have to give there. I'm looking at cornerbacks for sure. If they do not sign a cornerback, I think that tells you about some of their intentions with Jay Ward. And don't worry about it being six safeties. They kind of are just listing Jay Ward as a safety, but he's really more of a corner and or a hybrid or something like that. And just don't worry about whether it's CB or S next to their name. He's just a defensive back. They got 11 of those. Um, but if they do sign a corner, then it's like, okay, Jay Ward is actually intended to be a safety and they'll be able to specialize him more there. So that's something interesting to watch. Yeah, a running back, uh, some sort of swing backup lineman and some sort of uh, possible cornerback addition is interesting. Um, that, that 11 DBs number keeps sticking out to me. And the more I think about it, the more it does kind of feel like a fake number because one of those 11 is Najee Thompson. He's not actually a D-back. He's a special teamer. So call it 10 D-backs. Okay, that's a, a little bit more of a normal number. Most teams go with six corners and four safeties. That's like the the classic uh, numeration here. And if you count Jay Ward as a corner, then that's what they have. Six corners, four safeties. Um, and or, No, they would have five corners, 
five safeties if you count Jay Ward. And if you don't count Najee Thompson at all, if you count Jay Ward as a corner, so they'd have five and five. Um, so a little bit odd, but like not too out of the ordinary. So I'm actually thinking about, I don't know if a corner is necessarily on the way. Maybe one is, and that would be fun anyways. So keep an eye on transactions for the next couple of days. And then next week, now we're actually like preparing for a game. So I think some of the transactioning will, will sort of calm down. I think if, if, if whatever you're hoping for hasn't happened by like Sunday or Monday, then it probably isn't happening. Um, let me know what you all think of the roster. All right. I want to hear from you. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. And as always, skull.